Have you heard of global service supply chain partners? Well, Ryan Miller of Flash Global was here on the last episode, and he told us what the bleep that even means and why you want that as a part of your supply chain strategy. So for more, make sure to check out that episode, and that's at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 48. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder, has to say. How long does it take you to get a duty rate or guidance on the right HS classification from your current customs broker? With Border Buddy's new revolutionary self-service technology, you will never go traditional again. We have created a platform that allows you to get instant quotes on duties, taxes, and customs fees to import your products into North America. To get 10% off your first clearance, sign up at borderbuddy.com forward slash Let's Talk Supply Chain. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. 2019 has been amazing already with more and more people tuning in. So thank you so much for your support of the show. This week, I am launching my Woman in Supply Chain series as a blog so that I can feature more powerhouse women in this industry. The month of February is all about Michelle Cully, and that is the CEO, or she is the CEO of Expressman Trucking and Courier. Later this month, I am also launching my five-part video series, And we're going to be talking about one specific supply chain topic and leaving you with tangible, actionable tools that you can implement to be successful right away. I cannot wait for you to see what we have done and what else I have in store for 2019. But before I reveal the woman in supply chain for this episode, let's get into listener's corner and the question of the week. So this week's question comes from Megan from Ottawa. She asks, what can a great supply chain bring a company financially? And this created so many great responses and so many great conversations over on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. So on Instagram, Steve says, assurance of supply, lower inventory reduction in expedited freight, improved worker productivity, better inventory mix, fewer markdowns. In email, Pat Roche weighed in. He said, new sales markets, increased revenue through better load weights, speed of lane, which equals velocity of capital, saving unnecessary interest paid. And then over on LinkedIn, we had a few people weigh in. We had Asharaf, Neil, Naima, Doug, Brian Glick of Chain.io, and Johan Strom of MuleChain. Um, Asharaf says, a great supply chain has so many benefits for the company. It can be a great way to measure the growing of business. Neil says, I was just speaking with a client of ours who after 
Go Live has measured the results by 10% reduction in inventory spend while improving sales. Naima says a great supply chain will secure on-time delivery and availability. Doug says more loyal customers, better segmentation abilities to have a better customer experience, more effective planning and execution that drives costs down for end consumer. Brian Glick says all the customer service and brand benefits are great, but your CFO cares about working capital. And Johan agreed with Doug. Over on Twitter, Twitter, Irina Roska says proper financial forecast, stability, visibility, risk management, growth, company-wide alignment. When it comes to business, the supply chain function is the glue that keeps it running. And Mariah Logistics weighed in and said, smooth operations and leaner total costs. For more of their answers and their responses to the question, head on over to Listener's Corner at letstalksupplychain.com and make sure to send me your questions, your supply chain questions to listener at letstalksupplychain.com and you can find our conversations our questions every single Wednesday, and that's over on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. So on today's show, I am excited to have Priyanka Acera as part 15 of my Woman in Supply Chain uh, podcast series. Priyanka founded a Supply Chain Summit. She is the host of Supply Chain Scoop podcast, and I hear she is working on an incredible new platform for end-to-end supply chain. Let's find out a little bit more about Priyanka before we introduce her to the show. So Priyanka currently manages strategic partnerships at Transfix, a digital freight broker and disruptor in the trucking and logistics industry. Headquartered in New York, Transfix is on a mission to remove inefficiencies in how shippers source trucks to move their full truckload freight by leveraging technology. Her background is as an electrical engineer by education and a former business technology consultant at McKinsey. She has been working in the supply chain industry for just over a few years now. And prior to Transfix, she headed up the retail sector sector at I for Transport, a business intelligence and research company in supply chain and logistics. Her work involved liaising with C and VP level executives and decision makers in supply chain across a range of retail companies to uncover common trends, challenges, and opportunities rocking the industry. Priyanka also runs a podcast channel called Supply Chain Scoop, which aims to get the best and the brightest minds in the industry to share their stories and ideas about themselves, their companies, and the industry at large. Outside of work, she can be found obsessing over spicy Mexican food and is also a voracious reader. So welcome to the show, Priyanka. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm so excited to be chatting to you. Well, I am excited and so honored that you agreed to come on the show. I mean, as a fellow podcaster, woman in supply chain, and we are both working on some tech platforms in this space. So I know that we're going to have a lot to talk about today. So let's get started. Why don't you tell us about your journey? Where did you start and how did supply chain become such a passion for you? 
Uh, that's a great question. You know, my journey has been a bit random and it's actually pretty incoherent how I ended up in supply chain. So if you don't follow the train, just stop me and ask to elaborate on anything. Um, all right. So I finished my undergrad in engineering uh, from Purdue in Indiana back in 2011. Uh, and then I moved back home to India, which is where I went on to work in consulting for a number of years um, at McKinsey. Uh, then in 2014, I moved to London, and it was at this time that I started working for a company that designs and hosts conferences, uh, which, by the way, it wasn't even something that I knew was a thing. Uh, but when I learned about the business model uh, and the value that it brings, I was completely blown away. Um, anyway, so after working on pharmaceutical conferences for about a year, I was tasked with launching a brand new conference from scratch in the supply chain space. Now, that is a challenge in and of itself, and I can go on talking about that for hours, <laughs> but we're going to need uh, a different day and time for that. Uh, but that's basically where my supply chain journey started. I uh, went on to launch uh, the D3 Retail Supply Chain Summit for uh, EFT, or IFA Transport, as it's more widely known in the industry. Um, and that conference is still going strong, even though I've now left EFT to start a new adventure in 2019 um, with an incredible company called Transfix, um, which I'm sure we'll chat more about. But that's basically how I chanced into the industry. Um, you know, I could have been pretty much asked to do anything at the time, but it ended up being supply chain. Uh, so I think it chose me. Uh, I didn't choose it. Um, although I do think getting passionate about supply chain once it did choose me was the most natural thing. I mean, you know, once I realized just how omnipresent and consequential a successful supply chain network can be, it was hard not to become passionate about it. I mean, you know, to think that anything that we eat or wear or touch or hold has more than likely been on a truck and that supply chain is responsible for it being where it is, is pretty powerful. In fact, I think more people need to think about this consciously and they'll be amazed. Absolutely. And get a little bit more involved, you know, understand a little bit more about what supply chain not only means in business, but it means to you personally. I mean, that last mile delivery part is really going to change over the next few years. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, and I think people are going to get more and more interested to see how that is going to change. I mean, we could have drones flying around with packages for all we know. That might be a little bit far off, but, um, you know, it's yeah, definitely, most definitely. Most definitely. So, right. And I think, you know, whether one likes it or not, everyone is a part of the supply chain, right? As a consumer, you may be, you're just unaware. Uh, uh, and you're right. It's just something people should think consciously about. All right. So I want to get to success. What does success mean to you? Hmm. Um, you know, success to me means making a meaningful difference in whatever it is that I'm doing. So and oftentimes people may confuse that with charity, but it doesn't have to be. You know, you can be commercially driven and at the same time feel the need to be per purposeful. Um, in fact, any successful business needs to be solving a genuine problem and improving status quo, however that might be. And to me, success means being part of such organizations and having the power to create change even at an individual level. Uh, but I think even at a more basic level, it means to me, you know, just having fun in whatever I do and just recognizing and appreciating the incredible opportunity 
And I get every single day to be part of an industry that I love. I I love that. I mean, just, you know, even touching people's lives commercially, like you said, being commercially driven, not necessarily giving back through charity, the one that everybody sort of um, goes to when we're talking about success and, and giving back. Um, so I love that. And being purposeful about what you're doing, you know, being intentional about what you're doing on a daily basis and how you're touching those lives. Absolutely. Spot on. All right. So let's get into some of the risks that you've taken. You've spoken about where you started and how you grew this conference from nothing, which is amazing, by the way. And kudos to you. Um, you started a podcast from nothing as well. And that has really taken off and very successful. So what risks have you taken in your journey that have and haven't paid off? Why don't you give us some real life examples of that? Right. That's a great question. Uh, You know, and I touched upon this a little bit and you mentioned it now as well. I think, you know, one of the biggest risks professionally uh, that I took was back in 2014, uh, you know, when I decided to do conferences instead of going back to consulting. Uh, The reason that I took that decision is because it felt more purposeful to me at the time. Um, You know, it gave me a chance to try and shape the conversation of an entire industry, you know, by creating compelling and unique experiences that drove conversation and insight. I felt that it could make a real tangible difference. I could make a real tangible difference on my own uh, in that I didn't need to be a partner at some big firm to be calling the shots. Um, you know, it's, it's easy for me to say that now, but at the time, the risk was very real, you know, of what the career path would be from there. And also the feeling of throwing it all away, you know, the consulting dream, um, But I think, you know, I just decided to go with my gut. Um, You know, it felt to me that this was something uh, that would be more purposeful. This would be something uh, that would be more aligned to my natural strengths. Uh, You know, and I really did have myself thrown in the deep end. Uh, In fact, I even wondered in the beginning if I had made the right choice. Um, But I do believe now in retrospect that an opportunity is what you make of it. Uh, you know, and I think that the risk massively paid off. I mean, it's I think it's been through this um, uh, through this experience that I've not only built my entire network in supply chain uh, and realized my own natural strengths, but it's also led me to my next career move. Um, you know, and again, with the podcast, I think, you know, the kind of um the kind of ease that I had uh, to do uh, what I thought made sense uh, led me to starting the podcast. You know, one one morning I just thought to myself, you know, I'm speaking to all of these cool people as part of my job, which, by the way, is amazing in and of itself. uh, But why not uh, open that up for the world to listen? Uh, And that's that's pretty much how uh, the podcast channel was was born as well. Uh, And it's been a blast doing that. Um, As you know, uh, and by the way, your podcast is amazing as well. Uh, It's it's really nice to have, uh, you know, um, other podcasts to look up to and learn from. Uh, So thank you for all you do as well, Sarah. Um, I think your other question about risks not paying off, um, I actually don't believe that risks don't pay off because I think, you know, you either learn from them, you learn from the opportunity and learnings and experiences I don't think are ever wasted because you use them for future decisions, uh, hopefully better decisions. Uh, but I think also because you have no idea how the alternative decision would have panned out. You know, it could have been better. 
but it could have also been worse. I mean, there's no way of knowing uh, what that would have been. So you actually can't determine, I think, if a risk hasn't paid off. I, I think it always does because, you know, you don't want to be thinking years later, if only I'd, I'd done that and made that choice and seen where that could have gone. Absolutely. And thank you so much for, for mentioning um, the podcast and, and that you've learned from it. I mean, it's something that I obviously want to put out there and, and help others. So it's amazing to hear that from a fellow podcaster. So thank you very much. And I, you know, talking about when you spoke about in retrospect, you know, looking back on the risk that you took, I mean, in the beginning, you weren't sure if it was right fit for you. But in retrospect, it really ended up, you know, launching a few things that you never really thought were possible in your life, including that podcast. And it reminded me of a quote that I sort of live by, which is life is lived forward and understood backwards. (laughs) That is so true. That couldn't bring more true. That is, I mean, that's absolutely, absolutely spot on. I think, you know, with the podcast, it was a little bit easier because I'd kind of made, uh, you know, connections and done something by the time, by that time. Uh, but, you know, especially with friends, it was starting something from scratch. And I think, you know, where the seed of doubt seeps in is when it seems like things are not moving along. Uh, but you just have to trust the process and trust yourself and keep putting in the work. Uh, and obviously change your approach if something doesn't work, right? But then, um, you know, just just hanging on long enough to see what that could become, um, I think has been instrumental in, uh, in just seeing what's possible. Absolutely. That is so true. And um, so let's, you know, get into your tech platform. I'm really interested to find out because that's a risk in itself. Um, And you can talk a little bit more about that. But I mean, I heard you were working on a tech platform for supply chain. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about it and where you see the future of the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I am working at Transpex. Uh, which is a digital freight broker. Uh, and I'll tell you in a second what that means uh, after I set some context. Uh, you know, and a lot of this stuff, uh, being a logistics kid yourself, you know. Um, but first of all, I believe that the future of logistics is going to be a lot more efficient than it is now uh, and a lot less wasteful. Um, just think about it. Technology has transformed pretty much every other industry including, you know, banking, insurance, manufacturing, advertising, what have you. Um, The logistics industry has been slower to leverage and embrace technology to remove some very obvious inefficiencies. That's not to say that innovation hasn't happened in the past few years. Of course it has. Um, But it hasn't been at the rate at which it needs to be. Just to give you an example, uh, some of the largest retailers and manufacturers uh, move their freight to asset-based providers uh, and or traditional brokers. What's crazy, though, is that large asset-based companies, um, you know, that make up more than 20 trucks, only make up about 7% of all trucks in the U.S. 7% is our large asset-based companies, whereas 93% of all trucks in the U.S. are small businesses operating 20 or fewer trucks. 
Now, this is something that I only found out, uh, you know, not not that long ago because I've only been in the in the industry for about three years. But that blew my mind. I mean, you know, this should give your listeners an idea of just how fragmented the trucking industry is. Um, but the thing is, the way traditional brokers source trucks is very, very manual and time consuming and oftentimes not even reliable. I think some of the biggest challenges shippers face um and having their freight moved, uh, and you know, this is based off of conversations uh, that I've had with folks when I was doing my conference. Is you know, some of the biggest challenges are getting reliable capacity, which means you know, access to a consistent carrier. You know, is the truck even going to be there? Uh, you know, with with all the conversation about the truck driver shortage, uh, which is very real. Um, but then also not knowing where the truck is. Uh, you know, even if you know that a truck is going to pick up your freight, uh, oftentimes shippers contract where it is and if there's going to be a delay. Uh, you know, oftentimes they'll find out something went wrong when their customer tells them that something wasn't delivered, um, you know, and that's too late. Uh, but also, you know, having to wait around to be quoted a price for their loads, you know, on the spot market. All these are significant pain points. Uh, but I think the good news is this, right? This leaves a lot of room for innovation and improvement in how trucks can be sourced. Um, you know, and a chance to leverage technology, I think, uh, to reduce a lot of the inefficiencies. Uh, and I think that comes in. So why are we here? We're on a mission to remove these redundancies and make the whole process more streamlined and efficient. Uh, and how do we do this? We basically do this through machine learning and automation technology that's, by the way, completely built in-house uh, to allow us to source trucks instead of having to hit the phones extensively in the way traditional brokers do. Uh, you know, we leverage technology to enable shippers and carriers. You know, it's not to replace people. But what's also great is that we can provide shippers an instant quote for their spot needs um, instead of them having to wait around, uh, you know, for hours on end before being quoted. Uh, because again, you know, we leverage artificial intelligence and machine learning to constantly price lanes and it keeps improving itself as we move more and more volumes. This is a terrific win uh, for all parties involved, right? Like the shipper that's looking for a truck to move their freight, for the carrier that's looking for freight to be picked up, uh, and potentially a backhaul too. There's like about, I think, 65 billion, um, you know, empty miles being driven. That's insane. That's a lot of inefficiency. Uh, but I think it's also good for the entire industry at large because, you know, unnecessary time isn't wasted uh, doing things that a computer can can do. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, I think, transferring all of these cost savings to the shippers uh, and better pay for the carrier. Absolutely. And you, you bring up a good point. I mean... Now we're looking at an industry where service providers are traditional, but there's also service providers that are going digital. And what does that really mean? Are they traditional, but digital in certain ways? Mm -hmm. um, so I'd be curious just briefly to, to hear about, about Transfix from you, because I just wonder how they're different from the other digital freight brokers, um, because there seems, it seems to be a competitive market. 
Yes, that that's a great question. I'm so glad that you asked that. I think, you know, what sets Transfix apart? And, you know, and by the way, given my previous role, uh, you know, doing conferences, I kind of had access uh, to both the buyers and the provider market, uh, you know, and just to see what was out there and what was really solving challenges. I think what sets Transfix apart really um, is that it's truly a culmination of logistics meets technology. Uh, you know, and I think the, the, the part that you alluded to before, like, you know, what does it mean for it to be digital? Does it mean that it's a logistics company, but some parts of it, you know, is digital or what exactly that means? I think, I think that there's a lot of confusion with that. And I think reason for that is because there are either companies that are traditional logistics companies that kind of um, say that they're being tech forward, but don't really have the tech jobs. Or, you know, there are startups full of tech bros that happen to be in the logistics space, right? Because there's a lot of VC money pouring into this space. I think that, that Transfix is actually quite the opposite. Uh, in fact, one of Transfix's co-founders and the CEO, uh, Drew McElroy, has been a logistics kid, much like yourself. He was booking carriers on load boards when he was 12 years old for his father's brokerage business. And so, you know, he understood logistics uh, in the way that it was. And one of the reasons why he set out to build Transfix was that he saw inefficiencies in the business he already was in. Uh, and, you know, even when I look around the makeup of the company at the moment, I see many folks with the logistics background, you know, coming in from companies like T.H. Robinson and J.B. Hunt of the world, uh, you know, which are amazing. Obviously, they've been around for a long time. Um, but as I, I also see a lot of data scientists, you know, and folks with a highly technical background, um, I just think that we do brokerage better than anyone else uh, because we understand technology and we understand logistics, you know, not just one or the other. Absolutely. I like, I like to hear that because again, you know, there is some confusion between the digital side versus the traditional side. And, you know, whether what's, it depends also what size shipper you are, um, depending on who you can work with. And, and uh, if you have the API capabilities as a shipper, some of the small to mid market shippers don't have those API capabilities. And so it's also up to the service provider sometimes to be able to provide the ease of transitioning into, into that. I, I so think let's get back. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think you're absolutely spot on, spot on. And I think that that is, that is truly, I think, what sets Transfix apart. And I've only been here for a couple of weeks, but I think the thing is, right, like, even if you're a digital company, even if you're a tech forward company, you still have to meet your customer where they are. And what that means is you as a company, we may have built out, you know, an amazing API that can speak, uh, you know, to your systems if you're a shipper. But then what good would we, would we be if we can't work with them, you know, if EDIs is what they're using or if they're even using email, uh, you know, if we if we can't meet them where they are, then what good is it for us to be tech forward, right? And so I think that's the thing. Like we un understand where the logistics market is, um, you know, and, and, and that we need to be able to work with companies no matter where they are. Well, I love your passion and I want to get back and talk a little bit more about, you know, you being a woman in supply chain. So why don't we talk about how you found your voice in a male dominated industry? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, 
you know, I actually think that being a minority, uh, whether you're a woman in logistics or in my case, a woman of color in logistics, I think can be a really powerful thing. I mean, you know, it means that you inherently stand out. And isn't that wonderful? Uh, you know, it just means that I don't have to work extra hard to be memorable because I already am by virtue of being different. I think after that, what it comes down to is the value that you bring to the table. So if what you have to say makes sense and helps someone improve in how they run their business, they'll listen. But if you don't bring any value, they won't listen even if you make the majority. Uh, so I do actually believe that uh, being a minority actually can work in your favor. It's just uh, a matter of perception. I love that. I love that because sometimes, you know, we, we get a little bit caught up and, and we, we forget that, right? You know, we want to be mem- memorable. Um, we want to be remembered and it's, it takes all sides. It takes all aspects, you know, your personality, um, and everything like that. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So let's talk about advice for women in supply chain. I know you've only been in the industry for a little while, but I think that that gives you a bit of an edge. Uh, You've come in from the outside. So what advice do you have for other women in supply chain? Um, I would would say that, you know, keep asking questions when something doesn't make sense. Uh, And also don't be afraid to recommend something when it does. Uh, You know, uh, as you rightly mentioned, I haven't been in the industry that long. Uh, And when I started out three years ago, I was 25. And I found myself in the unique situation of, you know, chatting to the most influential supply chain executives in the business, you know, about their challenges and their pain points. Now, I could have easily decided to pretend to know everything to avoid embarrassing myself. Uh, but I decided instead to ask for clarifications uh, for actually even the most basic things if I didn't fully understand it. Uh, and I truly believe that there's no shame in admitting something that you don't know. Uh, and I think the sooner that I'm able uh, to acknowledge that, the sooner I'll be able to educate myself. Um, and so I think that would be that would be be my one thing, you know, just keep us keep asking questions. Yeah, and you can ask it um, because a lot of time, you know, we're afraid of we're afraid of asking questions, no matter who you are, um, especially if you're in a room full of people and you don't really want to maybe show that you have that lack of knowledge in that space. But one question that I really love and I think that most people can use in that conversation is, what do you mean exactly? And so that not only um, protect them um, for, you know, you not misinterpreting what they want, what they're trying to say, or maybe they're using acronyms that you don't really know, or so that gives them an opportunity to actually explain what they're saying. And then for you, it actually just shows that you're a little bit more interested. It's not necessarily that you don't know what they're talking about, but you want to learn more. Yeah, I think I think that's such a great point. Uh, and you're absolutely right. You know, it's 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 asking questions, but it's also important uh, how you ask it and what position that puts the other person in. Uh, and I think that's great. I'm going to use that a lot more, uh, especially now that I've only been two weeks on the job. Honestly, there's so much, uh, you know, about logistics that I thought I would know. But it's just, you know, the deeper you go, the more you know, there's so much going on. So um I think I'm, I'm going to be using that a lot. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, what exactly do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think your other advice would be, 
you know, take a challenge head on. Um, because from what I'm seeing and hearing from you today and from your journey is that you've really taken the bull by the horns in every single thing that you've done. So I think that that would be another really great piece of advice for the women in supply chain. Yeah, you know, now that you put it like that, absolutely. I think it's like, you know, what's the worst that'll happen? It it won't work out and you'll learn something. Um, but then, you know, it could it could really, really work out and shape who you become. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and your future. Okay, so um let's talk about inspiration. I love to hear about who in the industry has really taken the time to, you know, mentor or have conversations because I think that it's truly important, not only for supply chain professionals today, but also the supply chain professionals that are going to come up behind us. So who in the industry has inspired you the most? That is a great question. Uh, you know, and there have been so many people, but as you know, as you put it to me just now, I think, you know, two people instantly come to mind. Um, I would say the first one is Cindy Miller, uh, who was the president of UPS Freight Forwarding for a number of years uh, and has now taken up a new role as uh, the chief operating officer of Stericycle. You know, she's an incredibly successful woman, really, really well-spoken. Uh, and I was actually, to be completely honest, smitten by her the first time I met her because she was just so damn good. Um, you know, and I asked her what the secret to her success was. And she said to me, you know what, Priyanka, I just kept, kept saying yes to every opportunity that came my way. And then I learned how to do it afterwards. I think that that's so powerful. You know, it's certainly the way I now conduct my life too. You know, when an, when an amazing opportunity comes along and I can feel it in my gut, I just say yes. Uh, and then I, Think about the logistics of it later. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, the second person uh, has to be Brad Jacobs, uh, the CEO of XPO Logistics. Oh my God, the first time I spoke to Brad, I was so intimidated because he's such a force of nature, right? Um, but then he ended up being the sweetest, nicest person ever, and we got along like a house on fire. I mean, that humility, despite being who he is, is truly inspiring. Uh, you know, and I think if I went on to becoming as successful as he is, I want to be just as humble and nice. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. And those are two really, really different examples, but great examples of, you know, different ways of going about that mentorship and just providing advice. And they may or may not even know that they had that much impact in your life. And that is the amazing part about it. So let's finish off this interview and talk about your future. So what's next for Priyanka? Uh, well, lunch. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I mean, for me, next is now, right? Uh, I've only just started here. I think it really is to ensure, uh, you know, that we help the community, you know, the shippers, the carriers, um, everyone really to be more forward thinking uh, and help them as they think through how they can leverage technology to improve how they work with each other. And, you know, whatever we can do to help facilitate that, we will. Uh, and I'm, I'm just so excited uh, to embark upon this new opportunity um, and see what I can do to help move the industry forward. Um, other than this, I'm in the midst of planning an elaborate trip to Hawaii for the summer, which I'm really excited about. So that's really what's next. 
You're going. You're planning a trip to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. This summer,、uh, it's a friend's wedding, and and I'm super excited because it looks stunning. I love it. Hawaii is amazing. I went there for my honeymoon. Oh,、so. you have. Oh wow!、Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna need some tips. So let's catch up offline, and、oh, you can、right. you can、Just、you can tell me、know. where I should be going. We'll take it offline, and I'll I'll let you know where to go because we ended up going to four of the islands, which was great. So everyone has a different journey, and the definition of success means something different to each one of you. So I hope that Priyanka and I have given you some inspiration to take with you in your pocket, so you can make the most out of your life. For more information about Priyanka and to connect with Priyanka. And to learn more about what she is working on, plus learn about her podcast, which is Supply Chain Scoop, go to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode forty nine, and I will have all of the details there. Priyanka is.、Um, She she loves LinkedIn and she's engaging on LinkedIn as well. So make sure that you look her up on LinkedIn and connect. So thank you so much, Priyanka, for coming on the show and sharing your journey. Thank you so much, Sarah. I had an absolute blast. We are just getting started with this series. Each month, I will not only feature a woman in supply chain on the podcast, but now in a blog article as well. The first one is launching February seventh, and that is this week. I am so excited to share with you this new blog series because what it means is that I can recognize more women in supply chain. So, on my next episode, it is our first. Episode of the year with our resident expert Graham Robbins of Border Buddy, and this one is timely for the February blues as we talk about time management and mental health. So make sure to stay tuned and check that one out next week. If you want to support the show, there's a few ways to do that. One is to go and check out shop at letstalksupplychain.com. That is where I have my supply chain dictionary. It's 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions. Next, if you could leave and leave a review and rate the show either on iTunes or Stitcher, that means that other people can find us, and I want to support you as well. So leave a review, and I will feature you on an upcoming episode. I am still working on my online platform for ships. We are fundraising right now, looking for investment. So if You go to ships.com. That's s h i p z dot com. Fill in your information. You will be one of the first ones to know when we are ready to launch. And last, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Every Wednesday, I pose a supply chain question, and you're going to want to be part of that. Conversation. So make sure to follow us and go and check that out. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day. And remember, everybody, ship happens. <laughs>